Well, I guess you could call her a triple threat. She's a singer. She's a painter. She's a comedian. She's a hell of a songwriter, too. Kelly Lang is our guest tonight. Kelly, thanks so much for spending some time with us this evening. Wow, thank you. Nice introduction. <laughs> well, I do my best, and uh, I, I know you do, too. Uh, we all know about the singer-songwriter part, but the painter and comedian might be a surprise to some folks. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know I could paint or even would have wanted to, but TG bought me an oil painting kit as a gift many years ago, and uh, my brother and my mom both our oil painters, and he thought, you know, as artistic as you are, I bet you would enjoy this. And I was like, ah. <laughs> the very first thing I painted was as a gift to thank him for buying this for me was an aerial view of a coffee cup. And for those that don't know, TG's, um, he wrote the theme song for the Folgers yeah. uh, commercial. It's the best part of waking up. So I thought that was an appropriate gift to him. And uh, when I went to get it framed, the lady wanted to buy it from me. And I thought, huh. There's money to be made. <laughs> so <laughs> I began to enjoy it real quickly, and uh, I actually made a, a very good living at it for a long time. I got kind of tired of it. You know, I just kind of do it now for the pleasure of it or for friends that, that a gift or something. But um, to be commissioned is very stressful, so I, I chose to steer clear of that and stick list of music. Well, that's the best reason to do anything, right, for the pleasure of it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful that I have that uh, I'm afforded that luxury right now. Well, I want to learn a little bit more about your your background. Um, you grew up kind of, I want to say, in the music business because your father, Velton, was uh, Conway Twitty's road manager. Yes, you got it right. So what was that like, being around that? You know what? At the time, that was super normal for me. I never thought that was anything unusual. And <laughs> until I grew up, I'm like, oh, your dad doesn't work for our, oh, okay, you know. Um, but we just... It was just completely normal for us. And as a matter of fact, years and years later, once he had passed, I realized his greatness and realized how much I'd taken for granted. And I actually wrote a song in his honor called Goodbye, Darling. And, you know, talked about my regret of not being around him. I had time in the studio with him and I had time behind the scenes and stuff. And I just took it for granted. And I regret that. What was he like to be around in the time that you did have? He was very gentle. He was rather shy, um, funny. He was very funny, and boy, could he pick a good song out. Oh, my gosh. He loved to um, to find songs and then give them to other artists to, to help their careers along, and I always liked that about him. Um, he, was, he was just a very serious-minded, generally, but had a wicked sense of humor. You got started at an early age, probably because of that background. Your song, Lady Lady, you recorded that at 15? I did. I, a friend of mine named Stuart Harris, a big songwriter, he wrote several big hits for Mickey Gilly. Um, he just wrote this song called Lady Lady for me, and I put it out under an independent label. And at the same time, CMT was beginning, and they didn't have enough you know, enough material for their their television network and so they actually paid for my first video <laughs> to be done and it was just so cool i wish i could i could find that video somewhere if somebody listening has a lady lady video i sure would greatly appreciate that but um it, it was just a really fun time in country music the era was new and fresh and the slew of artists that were out around that time were all fun and supportive and they're still going you know tg was one of them 
music videos were kind of a new concept at that time. That was probably one of the first CMT music videos. It was. I think it was like within the first maybe three months of their opening their doors. Yeah. And I remember George Strait had a, a video. I think it was uh, The Chair. Uh-huh. And I believe Reba had a couple. And I mean, it was just, just new. And I think they were piggybacking off of the success of MTV. And it was it was just a really interesting era, especially for me. I was in high school, and I went to the same high school, and that now Taylor Swift has made famous. But <laughs> a <laughs> lot of people went to Hendersonville High School, and uh, I, you know, was gone on the weekends, and would come home and and uh, play student until I got back out on the road again. But that was norm for me. How much do you think the music video enhanced country music or, or enhanced its popularity? I think it. I think it helped greatly. I know that people say that, you know, videos kind of taint the person's uh, opinion of a song, but I think it helped a lot. I'm a, I'm a very visual person anyway, so um, I, it, it was just a blast for me. People re- started recognizing me at that time, whereas if you just had the singular um, thing of a, of a music, they didn't really know what you look like. So it to me, it, it really catapulted my visibility. Another place that people may have known you from during that time or around that time was your appearances on the Ralph Emery Morning Show. Um, yes. Nashville Now, Music City Tonight. You, you were kind of making those rounds, weren't you? Absolutely. And, and I'm so sad that there's nothing like that right now. I mean, it was it, the Ralph Emery Morning Show, although it seems local, it really reached a huge uh, bandwidth of people all in Alabama and eastern Tennessee, some in Kentucky. And naive me thought that the only people that were really watching me were there in the studio. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. And, and it really, it, it was really um, a wonderful opportunity for me to learn and grow. And, and people were so kind to me and kept me going. I, I think I laugh now. I had more, um, more want to than talent at that point, but you know, people just were, were kind and they wanted to see me succeed and, I, I took, uh, eventually I took Lori Morgan's place when she went on to <laughs> bigger and better things. And then I eventually went on to being a regular on Music City Tonight and uh, did a lot on Nashville now with Ralph on his late night show. Boy, I wish those were back. Don't you? Yeah, I do. And it's interesting. I was actually just talking to Lori about that. Uh, she came on the show a, a few months back and we were talking about how she kind of got her start there. I didn't realize that you took her place, though. That's very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and you know we're we're still friends, and uh, we've written together. I, I helped her write her whole album, "I Walk Alone," and uh, we got together once a week for about a year, I guess, and basically wrote her life to music. It was it was a wonderful uh, time to get to know each other, and and uh, she's always been so kind and supportive towards my career, and it's, it's just a family. You know, this this town's really, at least at least in that era, they were more. I guess closer, more more protective of one another. You had a lot in common with her, or it seems like you have a lot in common with her. Just, um, I think she's kind of from a similar background as you, as far as kind of being brought up around the music business. Yeah, I would say so. Um, we have a lot of the same friends. We have a lot of the same loves of the same types of music, and respect for the people that uh, that came way before us. You know, and. Um, She's, she's uh, a few years older than myself, or I should say more mature than <laughs> me. Um, so a lot of the things that she's already gone through, the one thing I appreciate about her is that she can steer me clear of things that I would have otherwise gone head into. And 
she was uh, very influential when I began recording and, and uh, she took me into the studio and under her wing and paid for me to get my hair and makeup done for a TV show that I did on the Statler Brothers. Just people don't know this behind the scenes of her. She's, she's just such a sweetheart. She sure seemed like it when I talked to her. So certainly one of my favorite guests that I've had on. Um, one of my favorite shows I used to like to watch when I was a kid was Star Search. <laughs> and, and you are a three-time winner. Is that right? Yeah. What happened is I was, they actually had me come try out when I was 17. And they realized, uh, we don't have juniors. We have to wait for another year. So I thought, well, that was a nice way of turning me down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but they called me the next year and they asked that I would please come back in and try out. I did. So I made it, and I competed against the girl that had won six, year, six uh, weeks in a row, Tareva Henderson. And I tied her that night. So they gave it to the audience to break the tie, which they'd never done that before. And hmm. the audience actually tied us. So they didn't know what to do. But they had me come back and compete the next week against Tareva and another girl, and I won that night. So then they had me come back again the following week and go up against another girl, I lost by like a quarter of a point, but I, my scores were high enough to make it into the semifinals, and then I was done with that. But what an experience. I mean, I look at these kids now on American Idol, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't handle that pressure with all the social media behind it. And, oh, I, it, was, it was terrifying to be on there, especially that young. I was the youngest one at the time to have ever competed on there because they hadn't done the uh, juniors yet. And um, I, I would have felt better in the juniors. <laughs> it was pretty intense. It was. It was American Idol before American Idol. And I've talked to some others who have been on there, Billy Dean and, and Ty Herndon, and they all say the same thing. It was. It's intense. <laughs> it was. I, I thank you for saying that, acknowledging it. If people don't know the um, the power of that particular show, they, they tend to forget because American Idol truly overshadows that. But it was the first, and it was um, what a thrill of a lifetime oh my gosh it was unbelievable well you, you talked about writing with uh, Lori morgan you've also written with some of my other favorites like the oakridge boys ricky skaggs george jones crystal gale johnny lee i mean th these are some some big time artists jerry lee lewis well i didn't write with any of them except for Lori, but they have all recorded something that i have written i was blessed to be in the studio when they all recorded the songs that i had been writing so that was the thrill, watching them interpret what I had written. And it was one of my favorite memories was right before George Jones passed. Um, we were in the studio. TG was cutting a song that I had written with George called Man Thing. And um, George Jones, who's a phenomenal harmony singer, I did not realize that, an amazing harmony singer, he says, Kelly, I need you to come in here and tell me how this melody goes. I'm struggling with how to do it. I'm like, What? What do you mean you're asking me how to sing something? That is hilarious. <laughs> so we had some cute pictures from the studio that day. He, he, was, a, he was a wonderfully talented guy. It was, that was a big, big opportunity. And Crystal Gale, um, oh, my gosh, I wanted to be Crystal when I was young. And for her to sing my song, I'm Not Going Anywhere, in the studio with T.G., was, um, it was, that was intense, you know, for her to sing my words back to me. And she was such a, an inspiration. That's actually where I was going next, the song, I'm Not Going Anywhere. Now, for those who don't know, you are a breast cancer survivor. Yes, almost 17 years now. Congratulations. This song, I don't think, was written 
from that, but maybe grew from that experience? Oh, my goodness. Well, I wrote this song because I saw a friend of mine taking care of her husband. And he had a lot of nurses around him, but he was so agitated with the nurses. The only time I saw him be comforted is when she would say, honey, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving your side. And then he would relax. And she was being worn down because she's like, oh, my gosh, I have nurses here. But, you know, so I just kept hearing her comfort him. And I thought, you know, if I'm ever in a situation that I need comfort, that's what I would love to hear. So I wrote that song. I never even told her why I wrote it or that I did write it. But it just was an inspiration to me to write. And three or four months later, I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. And, um, you know, a few months into treatment, T.G. was uh, at my apartment. And he, he noticed that I had been crying. I had been in the shower, and I'd just been crying and crying. I didn't know anybody was even at my house. He'd let himself in. And I think it scared him. And I said, T.G., we're just dating. We have no, you have no business staying through this. I might not even make it. And we've been dating for a few years, but, you know, the, the commitment wasn't quite there to get married. And this was his time to go. And he kept saying, honey, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm like, oh. It's a full circle moment. <laughs> wow. Um, it was really, it was a poignant moment for our relationship. And I realized he was really here for, you know, for me and has been. He went to every treatment with me and held my hand in MRIs. And he was, he was a wonderful partner. <clears throat> and um, so that movie was also recorded by him and Crystal Gale for his duet project and was in the movie The Deal, which is Burt Reynolds' last movie. And so I just kind of thought that was one and done. It was over with. And 16 years go by, and I get a letter from uh, my music administrator, and they said that Ascension Hospitals would like to use my song in their campaign. So that brought it back out of the, you know, the vault again, and people began seeing it in a different light. You know, that's we were talking about putting video to audio. That really trained, changed the you know, trajectory of this song because people then looked at it as from caregivers to their patients. I never thought of it like that before. Like, as or to a husband, to a wife, or leaving your loved one in a nursing home during COVID, you know, it, it really took on another um, feeling and another emotion about it with the visuals added to it with doctors taking care of their patients. And I believe that um, COVID really had a lot to do with its popularity with people just need comforting they need somebody to assure them that they're they're okay and they're not leaving them and it's amazing how world events or even just life events for an individual person can revive a song like that uh, i think of lee greenwood's god bless the usa as a perfect example of that a song that kind of keeps coming back um it, it's just it's just amazing what the power of a song can be well i had no idea that i was a small part of writing it i believe i just held the pen on this one but um I've, you know, Lee and I have talked about this very thing. And, and also one of my favorite calls that I've had, I've had so many beautiful messages from people all over the world, really because of social media, they hear the, the video or, or whatever. And they're saying, oh my goodness, I, I now know what God's love is. He's not going anywhere. Or I had to bury my husband and I played your song and it was comforting. A gentleman just last week wrote me, um, said he has his radiation therapist play my song to comfort him during his treatment. And then my more personal career beautiful message that was given was Dwayne Allen of the Oak Ridge Boys. He called me and he says, Kelly, I'm so proud of your commercial. He said, Elvira was our big song 
and this is the equivalent to Elvira for you. Congratulations. Wow. That is high praise. That is, oh, my gosh. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know, so I just cannot tell you how grateful I was. Real shocking. Well, anyone who survives cancer can be a rock for somebody who is going through it. But then in your situation, having the platform that you do makes it even that much more so. And you came up with an alter ego, actually, an XOXO. That is, uh, I guess, a comedic way to <laughs> kind of uh, deal with the situation. Well, I just, I just think comedy is healing. You know, laughter is healing. I've been watching some of these videos of XOXO, and I've been laughing all morning long. <laughs> <laughs> Your time on Mike Huckabee, for instance, was just classic. Oh, thank you. I, I was scared to death to play that because, you know, that's a very conservative show and, and conservative platform and exo is not conservative in any way <laughs> and I, I made her up just i was going through all my cancer treatments and Lori and i were teasing about fanfare and how some fans know you more than they do they really don't they get her name wrong or her song wrong or whatever and so i showed up at our writing appointment <laughs> dressed like a crazy woman and uh oh boy it kicked in we started thinking about where is she from? Does she have any kids? Who was she married to? You know, all this silly backstory. And I never thought I would ever do that again, especially publicly. But, oh, and I keep trying to kill her off. But <laughs> there's always something that brings her out in the, out in the public, unfortunately. Have we not seen the last of XOXO? Is she, is she going to be making more appearances? According to my publicist, you'll never see the last oh. of her. But I keep... Keep for trying to talk him out of it. She's, <laughs> she's forever a part of my DNA. I'm surprised. And, you know, it's really funny for people that know me. I am actually more like EXO than I am Kelly Lang. They're like, oh, you're so ladylike. How would you play her? And I'm like, trust me, I'm a tomboy and I'm <laughs> just a country girl, really. But, no, it's fun to play because you can say things you really wish you could get by with in real life, you know. And um, people are good sports and they play along. And it's just, again, back to that getting beautiful messages from people. People like, like are going through a dark time. They'll turn her on and giggle. It's the first time they've giggled all day. Or, or, and they'll take the time to write me and go, wow, I didn't know that comedy could be so healing. And I just, I just think it's just another form of art. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I, I love what you've done with the character. It's it's fascinating. It's hilarious. And uh, I think it's I think it's needed. So well, you're sweet. I'll keep her going then. <laughs> Please do. The the last thing I have for you, I want I definitely want to talk about the new album, Old Soul, which is um, uh, an album of of pop standards that uh, that were some of your favorites, right? Yes, and you know, there these are all these songs that you hear at the grocery store or getting your car washed or they're classic, they're always in the airwaves. And <clears throat> I just got to the point where what do I want to do for fun? What do I not care about it hits the charts or anything? And so I just went in and just recorded a few things that I love. Every time I hear them on the radio, I smile or they or they bring me back to a safer time in our lives. And a more easygoing time when people really weren't worried as much right now, you know. And so I recorded all this album, and I hesitated whether I should put it out during this pandemic. But then it dawned on me, people need reminders of an easier, better time, a safer time in life. And so I did. I put it out, and oh, my goodness, I've had such lovely response from it to the point where I'm now in the studio recording Old Soul 2. Oh, nice. And 
I'm loving it. These are songs that that you'll know. You know, everybody knows these kind of songs. And yes, I'm still a country singer as well, but. It's been fun to branch out vocally and just see what I could get by with, and and I'm not trying to compete with anybody but myself. It's just it's a great place to be. I'm not surprised that you're recording a second one because I would imagine it's very hard to narrow it down to you know a, a handful of songs that you want to record on an album. So so why not do do two oh, takes? Man. I'm going to probably do three or four volumes of it because. <laughs> You're right. There was about 200 songs. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know what to do. So volumes are, they are. And and I just have so much fun. The musicians, they're used to playing, you know, typical country songs here in Nashville. So when I come into the studio, they're like, oh, man, I was in eighth grade when that came out. Or, you know, I remember my first date when that song came out. And so it's, it's fun to see their eyes twinkle, too. What was one song that you just knew you had to have on there? Well, I loved uh, Let's Stay Together, an Al Green song. Mm-hmm. Um, I also cut uh, Your Love is Lifting Me Higher. I love that. And I cut a duet with TG of an old song called Quando. Um, Engelbert Humperdinck had released it 150 years before, and uh, my mom played it when we were kids growing up. And it brought back great memories to me. And actually, we're planning on performing that on uh, Huckabee, October the 8th. Okay. Very good. Uh, I'm going to take that a step further. What's your favorite song that you've written for another artist? Oh, my gosh. Um, Actually, one that's getting ready to come out. Um, Johnny Lee recorded a song that I wrote called I Know Me. He and I were talking about his relationship with uh, his ex-wife, Charlene Tilton. And uh, I said, Johnny, why don't y'all get together again? Both of y'all are single. You're, you know, you love each other. You got grandbabies. He says, oh, it wouldn't work out. And I said, why? He says, because I know me. And I thought, oh, boy, here I go. So (laughs) I started writing that song, and um, I was really grateful that he chose it for his album. It's it's out now. And I'd love for everybody to be able to go hear that because it's written specifically for him. That's amazing. Johnny uh, was somebody I talked to last year, and um, it was hard to have a conversation with him only for the fact that he kept joking around with me, and I didn't know when he was serious and when he wasn't. <laughs> He's never serious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found well, that out. A really close friend. Um, he, he is... Uh, He's such a character, but for some reason, he's really nervous around me. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I call him out. I go, you can't say that, Johnny. You stop talking like that, Johnny. So he's like, yes, ma'am. What can I, you know, he's, he's scared to get in trouble around me, I think. It's so funny. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had. Um, he likes to rib you a little bit, and I, and I loved it. One more thing, Kelly, favorite T.G. Shepard song. I definitely wanted to ask you that, too. I love Coming Back for More. That's my favorite of T.G. It was a departure for him, it was more like a, I don't know, it kind of had like a disco flair to it, I guess. It's a little, it's sexy, and yet it, it was uh, dance, dance-worthy, and I know he liked story songs, but I'd prefer love songs over that, you know, and, and it was just, I don't know, it was a sexy, fun love song. We're definitely going to include it on the show with, uh, actually, I'll probably put it on, on your show. We're going to do two different shows. TG will have his own, you'll have your own, and uh, I might include that on your show, though, just to, since it's your favorite. Um, we really appreciate you coming on with this. Um, anything you wanted to add or anything that uh, that you have coming up that you wanted to mention before we let you go, Kelly? Oh, I've got something coming up, but I can't tell you just yet. i got two big things, so hopefully we can circle back around and talk about them when I can announce them. 
We would be happy to do that. Yeah. That's exciting. I love that. I'll have Scott reach out to you, and hopefully we can set that up because they're huge. I can't wait to tell you I'm going crazy. Well, I will uh, put it down in my notes to reach back out if I don't hear from Scott. That's uh, that's exciting stuff. I can't wait to hear what it is. Kelly, thank you so much for spending some time with us today for, for this interview. I can't I can't thank you enough. You're so kind, and, and I reiterate what TG says. You're very great at your job. You guys just made my day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a great week. You do the same, and and, uh, give TG my regards. Thank you, Glenn. Talk to you soon.